what I believe are, is the list of the motivational gifts. Remember, there are three types of gifts. There are the motivational gifts, the ministry gift, and the manifestation gifts. Motivational gifts is who we are. Ministry gifts is what we do. Manifestation gifts is what the Holy Spirit of God is doing in us or in others as people exercise their gifts. Tonight we'll be focusing in on the last of the seven motivational gifts. And just to be clear about that, I, I believe that, that the seven motivational gifts, everybody has one primary motivational gift. They function from that motivation in all they do in ministry and in the work of the kingdom. And God just gifts us in that way. He, we, we don't sign up for it. He's the one who chooses what gifts we have, and he gifts us with that motivation. And each of us has one. Whereas ministry gifts, we may have multiple ministry gifts, and they can differ at times. Your motivational gift will always be the same. And then the manifestation gifts can be many and different based on what's happening in the gifts that's being exercised. But in Romans 12, uh, verses 6 and following, are the list of the seven motivational gifts. I'll begin in verse 6, reading those in order, and we are on the last one. If prophecy, according to proportion of his faith, if service in his serving... Are he who teaches in his teaching? Are he who exhorts in his exhortation? He who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and here it is, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Last week we saw the motivational gift of leadership or administration, and we broke that down for you. The last of those seven motivational gifts is the motivational gift of mercy. So I want you to take your hand out if you have there, and we'll walk through that with you, of giving you characteristics, descriptions of some of the characteristics of a person who has the spiritual gift, motivational gift of mercy, and also some of the problems of misunderstanding. The first thing I, I write down for you is the aptitude. What are we... The aptitude is always, what are you apt to do? What, what is the natural thing that you do? How, how is it best to describe who you are? Okay. Whereas administration would be overseeing. Remember, it's the aptitude to oversee or to lead. The prophet is the aptitude to speak. The teacher is the aptitude to learn. The exhortation person is the aptitude to come alongside of someone. Well, the aptitude of a person with the gift of mercy is the aptitude for pity. All right, for pity, to be able to feel deeply inside of them, to be able to relate to others, to feel in their heart towards others. When one cries, mercy people join in. They just, not because they have to, because God just made them that way. They feel deeply, feel deeply for people. The definition is the word elios, which means a feeling of pity that moves the person into action. They're not just going to sit there and do nothing about it. They're, they're feeling of grief, they're feeling of pain, they're feeling of sorrow, they're relating to somebody in their time of need. 
causes them to do something about it, causes them to get involved with that person, to try to remove that source of pain out of their life, to be a source of comfort for them. They're driven by that, okay? So let's talk about the description. The first description for a person who has the spiritual gift of mercy is an ability to feel joy, sadness, or distress in another person, or group, or the church. Look at that again. An ability to feel joy, sadness, or distress in another person, or a group, could be a Sunday school class, or the church. One of the key words that a person who has the gift of mercy will use, they'll use these words, I sense. <laughs> I, sen- I sense that something's bothering you. I, I-, I sense that, that there's some-, some kind of disgruntled spirit that's here. I, I-, I sense that you're lonely. I sense... They are going to use that word sense because that's, that's literally what they do. Inside of them, inside of them, God places this super sensibility about the feelings of someone, whether it be joy, pain, sorrow, grief, whatever it might be. So a key for them is this idea of I sense. Another thing that you're going to have them, that they're going to say often to people if they ever get this idea that something's wrong, here's, here's a phrase they're going to do. Are you all right? Have you ever, ha- have, have you ever had a friend? who that, that's, that's one of the key things they'll say. Are, are you all right? Are, 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 you, are you all right? Yeah. Are you, you all right? Because I, I sense that, that you don't seem very happy today. A person who has a spiritual gift of mercy has this super sensitivity. Now, now people like me who have the spiritual gift of prophecy, we just plow on through. You know, it's like, you know, and, and then somebody backs up and says, did you realize that they, they look like they might be hurting? Oh, really? Let me put that in reverse and back up and get another look at that. I didn't see it. Not the person has a gift of mercy. They're going to be super sensitive about what's happening, not just in an individual's life, but in a church or in a group, a Sunday school class it can be. All right? Now, Their desire is they want everyone to have joy. They want everybody to be happy. Everybody to have joy and happiness in their life. They're really not ever going to be satisfied until everybody is filled with joy. Now, how many times do you think you could get a group of people together and everybody in that group is going to have a sense of joy? How how many times do you think that happens? If the group's very big, it doesn't happen very often, right? Right? And so their, their desire is they want everybody to be happy. Let's all be happy. Let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. That's, the, that's their desire. And when somebody's not happy or somebody's not in a good spirit or somebody's bothered, it bothers them. They are troubled by that. They have this deep feeling about that. They cannot stand friction or a disgruntled spirit. They can't stand they don't want any friction to be on any, anywhere in any group in their family. They don't want friction to be anywhere. They just want peace, peace and joy. And let's all, like I said, hug each other and love each other. That's, that's where they are in relationship. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. If they would want us to be in that way, they'd push us towards that. 
A second description is an attraction to the underdog are those in distress. All right. An attraction to the underdog are those in distress. If let me let me describe it this way for for putting it in a practical way. If, if you saw eight puppies out there and there were eight puppies, and all those puppies were 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 beautiful puppies, except one little ugly puppy. I mean, just a little ugly, wormy-looking little puppy. Do you know who? Do you know who the mercy person's going to choose to be their puppy? Do you know who they're going to choose? They're going to choose that ugliest dog there ever was. They're going to they're pick up that, oh, this is the one. I, I would choose this one over anybody. Why? Because they don't want anybody to lose. They don't want anybody to be left out. They want everybody to be wanted. Everybody to be loved and everybody to be wanted. Whereas a lot of us, if we saw, we saw eight puppies, you know who we're going to pick? I'm going to pick the biggest, strongest, best-looking puppy out of the whole bunch. That other one, somebody had to get him. Not the person who has the gift of mercy. They're going to go towards that, and they're going to always go for the underdog. Have you ever noticed people who they always cheer for the underdog? They always cheer for, they always, whoever is ranked less, whoever's not supposed to win, whoever's not, they, they, they're always going for the underdog. They'll sometimes go for the underdog when it's against their team. Because they, they don't want somebody to feel bad about that one. Well, most of us aren't that way. We're cheering for our team. We don't want the underdog to win. Not if the underdog's against us, right? That's not the person getting married. They just, they're lovely people. They love everybody. So just think about it. If you're the ugliest one of the bunch, that mercy person is going to love you. They're going to choose you over everybody else. So you, you, you love mercy people, okay? Third characteristic. A desire to remove hurts from people. In other words, if they see somebody that's hurting, their desire is to remove whatever it is that's causing that person to hurt. And, I mean, they, they want to move into action to help that person to feel better. Now, here's the problem with that. Sometimes they can get in the way of God. Did you know that? Whether we like it or not, sometimes God is trying to teach us and grow us up through putting us through challenging times. Through challenging times. Sometimes we make mistakes and we make the wrong choice and we kind of go through a dry period right there. and We're not in the best of spirits. We're not where, and, and God's using that in our life to grow us up. I mean, I've had those times. Have you? I've had those times. And God uses that to grow us up. Well... Whenever God tries to do that and the mercy person's around, the mercy person's just going to keep that from happening. If they can help it, if they can do something to help that person feel better, they're going to make them feel better, even if God's the one trying to make them feel bad at that time. Even if God's trying to do a work in their life. Be careful, be careful, parents, especially if you have the gift of mercy. Be careful about how you relate to your children. For instance, like your children, as they grow up and they have relationship with their other people and they establish their family and all get it, and then they get into a crisis or they get into a need. They, they've got, got themselves into a financial bind, okay? The person who has the spiritual gift of mercy, you know what they're going to do? I'm going to go help my kid get out of that bind. 
I'm going I'm to give them the money they need. I'm going to do whatever we need to do to get them because I want my child to be happy. Well, that's okay as long as the Lord wants that to happen. But, but if the Lord's doing something in your child's life, make sure that you're supposed to be helping them before you go and help them, right? Because God may be doing something in their life that's growing them up and, and, and you're getting in the way. You're just getting in the way. You're, you're trying to remove that growth opportunity because you're loving them and, and you feel for them and you want to make them feel better. So God's up here in heaven on his throne and he, has, he creates something for his child to grow from and you, you go meet that need. And then say, well, I've got to create something else for them to grow again. And God creates something else and you're going to go meet that need. You're trying to meet a need to remove the pain when the best thing's going to happen for them is for them to have and experience that little bit of pain in order to grow up. Mercy people have to be very careful because they can get out there and try to remove all hurts and make everybody happy, meet all needs, even if the Lord wouldn't want them to do that at that time. All right? Now, four. A sensitivity to words or actions that will hurt or offend somebody. A person who has the spiritual gift of mercy will measure their words. That is a good quality. They will measure. Do you know what a person who has a gift of mercy is going to do? Before they speak a word to somebody, they're going to think about it five times. They're going to say it over in their mind. Now, how, when I say this, how are they going to take that? And how, if, if, I, if I put the wrong inflection in there, is that, is that going to give the wrong impression or wrong thought? They're going to think that over in their minds about how do I want to say what I'm saying so that I'm sensitive that the words don't hurt somebody. Well, most of us wish that uh, we all had that, that aspect of mercy. Somebody, have you ever been guilty of sticking your foot in your mouth? By saying something that you shouldn't have said or you said something in a way you shouldn't have said it and didn't think about how they might think about that when you said what you said. about. The, have you ever been there? I see all these heads looking down. Yeah, we've been there, haven't we? And we, we thought, whoo, boy, I wish I'd have thought about that one again. I wish I'd have let that run over. Have my, you don't have to worry about the person's gift of mercy. They will think about it. And think about it. they're going to try to get all make cover all bases before they say that say they say what they're going to say because they don't want anybody's feelings to be hurt about it. Now, five, a desire to unite with those who are sensitive. Who are the people who have the gift of mercy? Who are they going to be most attracted to? Who are they going to unite with and ha and feel fellowship with? Out of those other spiritual gifts, who? Other mercy people, mercy people love mercy people. They just, I mean, you know, you can get a whole campfire of mercy people together and they will sing Kumbaya, what, old hands. They, they, they love mercy. There's somebody else, though, that mercy people love. Who else is it that we talked about is pretty sensitive about things? Service people. Service people are real sensitive about this needs to be done, or here's this need needs to be met, and we need to go and do that, and I haven't got time to wait for everybody else, so we need to get out there and do those things. They're, they're going to be most attracted to service people or mercy people, all right? That's who, that's who they're going to run with. That's gonna, they're going to feel most friendly and, and, and cordial and in relationship with it. All right, look at six. 
a closing off to people who are insensitive or insincere. All right? They will have no fellowship with anybody that they consider who is insensitive or insincere. Who are they going to have trouble with? Who might they have trouble with? Well, they might have trouble with uh, a prophet. Oh. But you know what? Prophets marry mercy people. They do. Just so they can rub each other, you know, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I've told y'all before, I'm prophet. My wife's mercy. She's mercy. And we have rubbed for 43 years almost now. We've been rubbing on each other. And it's amazing how much we influence each other. I mean, after 43 years, I am full of mercy. (laughs) And after 43 years, she is prophet. She's very much a prophet. She speaks speaks her mind. Our, our, put it another way, is after 43 years, I'm much sweeter and she's a lot meaner. You know, what, what, you put it that way. Excuse I didn't measure my words. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I didn't measure my words. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, they, they'll have a real trouble with the prophet because prophets are kind of insensitive about things. They'll have problems with administrators because administrators are get the job done. You know, remember, we're getting a task done. We're not, we ain't got time to sit here and talk about everything and worry about how you feel about it. Get, get the thing done. You know? They can even have problems with exhortation people. Because exhortation people, remember that? Exhortation people love you as long as you, do what, as long as you do what they tell you to do. But they will lose, lose rapidly any kind of fellowship with you if you don't pay attention to what they say. And the mercy people may hear what they say and say, I ah, just don't know. That just seems too hard. So they might not do what the expectation person says, so they can lose fellowship. See how they interrelate to one another, different ones? You have to grow through that. All right? Look at what it says in verse 7, in number 7. An avoidance of firmness unless they can understand a benefit from such action. Here's the reality with most mercy people. They will run from confrontation. They'll run as hard as they can. They don't want to confront. They don't like to be confronted. They don't like to have to go tell somebody something that they needed to do. They, they don't like to be firm about anything in a relationship. They, they just want to be sweet. They want to be sweet and want everybody to love them, and they want to love everybody. So they cannot stand confrontation. Matter of fact, if, if they, I've, had, I've had mercy people on my staff before. And they know I'm the prophet. So what most people on staff, they'll do is, is if you, they got something they got to be firm about, they'll go and they'll say, Brother Max said, <laughs> Brother Max said you can't do that. But, but, but Brother Max said that's not okay. And I, I, didn't even, I didn't know I'd said it. I didn't, they didn't even ask me about it. But, but Brother Max said it. You can't, you can't do that thing. You know, or, you know. I've had people walk down the hall be mad at me. I don't even know why they're mad at me because i got a bunch of mercy people who are Telling them what I did or what I didn't do. Because they didn't want to be confrontational in relationship to that. That's just mercy, people, all right? Look at, look at the problems of misunderstanding. Sometimes spend more time feeling for people than in doing something to meet their needs. This is where the difference between service people and mercy people are. 
the mercy people will feel greatly and they'll sit down there and hold their hands and cry about it and, and stand there with them and be with them the whole time. Whereas the service person is like, man, we need to quit crying. We need to get them to do something about this. We need to change it. We need to change the situation, change the circumstance. Well, sometimes the mercy person will just be crying and loving on them and holding them and making them feel better. And the service person is saying, let me go do something. There's a difference in the two. All right. Look at two. Sometimes in order to protect others are not honest about how they feel. They can suppress their feelings. Huh. None of you have ever done that, have you? Suppress their feelings. What? In other words, whenever you're not happy about something, or you're not really excited about what's going on there, but you don't, you don't want somebody's feelings to be hurt, and you don't want them to feel bad about what they've said or done towards you. So you just, they just suppress their feelings so that they'll feel okay. They'll feel okay, and they'll still be happy. But they haven't been honest with the person. They haven't been honest in that relationship. And you only suppress it so long. Y'all know that, don't you? No matter who you are, no matter what your gift is, you can only suppress emotions for so long. It's like holding a, a pneumatic ball underwater. Have you ever tried to do that? You know what I'm talking about, an air-filled ball, holding it underwater? That's not easy to do. Matter of fact, it'll take your nose off if you're not careful. It'll get, when it gets loose, it'll just come up wherever it is. You can't hold it down for very long. That's what happens when people try to suppress their emotions. They just keep pushing it down. Push it down, push it down till it gets loose and explodes. What happens? That's, that's sometimes the problem with mercy people. As loving and as kind as they are, sometimes they can get explosive because they've suppressed their feelings so much and don't want anybody to feel bad towards them or know that they feel harsh about something and they suppress their feelings. You've got to be careful about that. Three. This person may consider others cold or indifferent. Once again, the prophet can be considered cold or indifferent. The administrator can be considered cold or indifferent. The exhorter can be considered that way. They'll just see people that way. The avoidance of firmness may appear to be weakness. It's not really. They're not really weak. They just don't like to have to approach things that way. They just like everybody to do what they're supposed to do and do it when they're supposed to do it, and we all love each other but when they have to approach those things and have to be firm sometimes it can be like they're a little bit weak this person needs to be careful in his or her responses to people of the opposite sex that if you are a person who has the gift of mercy you need to put a star by that okay and the reason that is is because it can be misunderstood a person of the opposite sex can misunderstand a person as a gift of mercy, their sensitivity to them and their compassion for them or care for them, that can be easily misunderstood by somebody to mean something that it's not. The mercy person doesn't have that in their mind anywhere. They don't have that in their thoughts anywhere towards another person. But because they're sensitive and caring and listening and want to help and want to do you got to be very, very careful in how you approach the person of the opposite sex that that not be misunderstood by them. Now, what's the ultimate benefit to the body of Christ? Here it is. 
Those gifted in the area of mercy help us maintain a sensitive heart towards God and one another. Thank God for that. And we need that. We, we need people who help us to maintain a sensitive heart towards God and one another. It's great for that to happen. Their work is to teach us by example and remind us of our calling to care for, love, and bear the burdens of one another. Nobody does that better than mercy people. To bear the burdens of one another. To love and care for the body of Christ. That's the mercy people. Now, what's the biblical example? i give you two. One is in the New Testament, the Good Samaritan. Could you see how the Good Samaritan would be an example of a mercy person in that story? I mean, when the guy gets beat up and the, and the priest and them, they pass by on the other side because they're too busy. But the Good Samaritan, what? He's, he's pulled towards this person, has pity towards the person, even though the person's a Jew and he's a Samaritan. To the point that he takes him and bandages him up, takes him to a hotel for him to be taken care of, pays for that to happen. Why would he do that? Because he has mercy. He's a picture of mercy towards somebody else. And then in the Old Testament, I give you an example, and that is Jonathan. Jonathan is a wonderful example. If you put both those together, that, that is a beautiful picture of the person that has a gift of mercy. Jonathan was so ever sensitive to David. He and David had this relationship, and, and Jonathan could sense when David was in a bad spirit. He could sense when there was something that troubled him, something that bothered him. And Jonathan's desire was to make David happy and for David to be fulfilled, even to the point that Jonathan says, You're going to be king. <laughs> and, and I'm going to sit on your right-hand side when he was supposed to be the one being king. And you're going to sit on the right, I'm going to sit on the right-hand side. And, and God's going to bless you. And here, here's my armor. Here, here's all my stuff that I have. I, I want you to feel good. And I want you to be loved and cared for. He's another wonderful example of a person who has the spiritual gift of mercy. All right? So we've gone through seven. I hope that you have seen who you are. You know, I told you, if we go through all seven and you don't find yourself, we need to go through the plan of salvation and get you saved again. No, I'm, I'm kidding about that. I'm, I'm not kidding, kidding about that, but here's the reality of it. More than likely, in your spiritual journey, you probably have seen different characteristics of different ones. I would hope that would be so. Because that means you're growing in Christ and, and all the gifts are being evident in your life some, somehow, some way. But... If you'll think about it and go back through them, every one of those, you have all those characteristics, all those lists of that. If not, you get them from Janet. She's got, she got all of them done week by week. Go back through them and, and look at that and see which one is the aptitude that is most like you. And, and probably even thinking back in your early Christian life, what was the one that stuck out more than anything else of what you were like and how you functioned in relationship to that? Now... Next week, we have three more weeks before we take our summer break. Next week, I'm going to, you don't want to miss next week because next week's kind of fun. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring different scenarios together, and I'm going to show you how each spiritual gift approaches that scenario in a different way. All right, I'm, I'm going to let you see the comparison of all the spiritual gifts, how they 
approach things and how they will see and understand, relate to things. And that's probably as helpful as going through the characteristics because you'll see, now how would I relate to that or how would I do that? And you'll see that in the illustrations that I'll give to you. Then two weeks from tonight, we'll go through, very quickly, we'll go through the ministry gifts. We'll identify the ministry gifts. And then, uh, what is that? Three weeks from now, we'll go through the manifestation gifts. So when we finish on uh, the 15th of June, we will have finished all the gifts at that point. And we'll be ready to start when we come back in August. We'll start a new study. Okay? All right. God bless you. Have a good rest of the week.